Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Thursday, December 20th, 2007. Almost at the end of this one. On today's show, we're going to talk about someone claiming uh, the rights to a script that no one should be claiming. And we're going to also talk about just end of the year stuff. Okay. All right. So let's start off um, looking at some of the top fives over the last uh, w- week. We already did uh, the box office on uh, on Monday's show. So I'll look at some of the other things. Um, let's look at uh, top rated TV over the past week. Uh, number five, Survivor China, um, I guess is the from the regular airing. Uh, then number four was Sunday Night Football, and that's the Redskins against the Giants. Uh, number three was Without a Trace on CBS. Number two was uh, the Survivor china finale which i think ran on sunday and then number one was csi and uh so nothing really surprising there that's for sure um looking at the uh the top five albums out there number five the hannah montana 2 soundtrack yeah uh now 26 number three long road out of out of eden by the eagles number two is as i am by alicia keys and number one is noel by josh groban uh looking at the top five tours uh out there right now uh number five the dave matthews band number four mana uh number three van halen number two bruce springsteen and the e street band and number one genesis um, and then let's just look uh, a couple of things on on rentals. Uh, video sales, you're looking at Ancient Mysteries, Ancient Altered States at number five. Disney's Sing Along Songs, The Twelve Days of Christmas at number four. Frosty the Snowman at number three. Yoga Conditioning for Athletes at number two. And at number one, Rush Hour 2. Yeah. All right. Uh, but the top five uh, video rentals, it, it's a bit different. And, and, and remember, this is video, so this is like VHS, and they're still counting VHS and Billboard. I, that kills me. Uh, Mr. Beans, and yet here I am reading it off, but seriously. Uh, Mr. Beans Holiday, number five. Number four is Waitress. Uh, number three, Hot Rod. Number two, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. And number one is Live Free or Die Hard. Looking at DVD sales, uh, it's pretty similar. Live Free or Die Hard isn't number one. Shrek the Third isn't number two. Number three is Hairspray. Number four is Ratatouille. And number five... Oh, the magnum opus, Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. That's right. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Anyway, when I mentioned uh, uh, someone claiming responsibility for a script that I'm amazed anyone is willing to... Uh, to to claim uh, a federal court judge dismissed a copyright infringement lawsuit against Walt Disney concerning the movie Sweet Home Alabama. That's right, Josh Lucas and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, it was a uh, it was fantastic. Um, Stuart Benjamin, who was a producer on the film. Uh, or sorry, he was a producer on the film Ray. Um, he sued Disney in 2005, claiming that the 2002 movie was an unauthorized adaptation of their 1997 screenplay Rescue Me. Uh, basically, the judge ruled that the Disney executives may have had some limited access to the screenplay, but there were no substantial similarities between the two scripts. Um, he said the general stories of Rescue Me and Sweet Home Alabama are only similar, are similar only at the most abstract level. Abstract story ideas such as those here are not copyrightable. Uh, basically, what he, they said is that the film's producer, uh, Stockley Chaffin, and the writer, Jay Cox, had access to the script via a tracking system uh, that was in place at uh, Chaffin's production company. But basically, the judge ruled that there was no evidence to support that claim. Um, 
so and as it was uh Chaffin cox and the original writer of the uh, of the screenplay douglas ebach provided uncontroverted evidence of independently creating and developing the screenplay and that was uh, as per the ruling um I ended up having to see that movie twice. Um, uh, you, you know, sometimes you're just on the wrong plane. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I can't believe anyone's claiming it. I, I can't believe the uh, the guys who were being sued didn't say, yeah, maybe it was yours. I- I'm kidding, of course. but And I actually have to say that I'm kidding, of course. Park the park bench, um, and this is at theparkbencher.blogspot.com. Um they have a list up um, as of uh, it came out uh, actually on uh, December 11th, 2007. It's 50 nerdy things to do before you die. So it's kind of like a wish list. You know, a lot of people like to make these these uh, these lists, uh, but but it's kind of neat to look at because uh, it's nerdy stuff. Um, number 49: Get married on a replica of the Starship Enterprise at the Star Trek Experience in Las Vegas. I got married in Vegas. Didn't do the uh, the Star Trek thing though. Um, Live James Joyce's Ulysses by attending the Bloomsday Festival in Dublin. Reading Ulysses first, or at least buying the Cliff Notes, might be good here too. Uh, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Um, uh, have martinis and make witty comments at the Algonquin Hotel in New York, preferably at a round table. That would be cool. Uh, number 40, see at least one game at all existing Major League Baseball ballparks. Make a tour, uh, number 39, make a tour of Raymond Chandler's Los Angeles. After that, make a tour of the Big Lebowski's Los Angeles. Uh, number 37, visit the DC Comics office. Number 35, go to the Superman Festival in Metropolis, Illinois. Um, build your own lightsaber is at number 31. Gonna go even further up the list. Number 21, kill a zombie. Yeah. Uh, number 20, kick Eric Clapton's ass in Guitar Hero. Um, number 17. Now, this is nerdy. Learn advanced Klingon. Um, and, uh, number 14. I like this one. Understand a Tom Stoppard play on the first viewing. And, uh, getting a few more. Um, number nine. Make out with Joss Whedon or J.K. Rowling. Extra points if you achieve a twofer. Well, you know, hey, if you can do it, if you can make it happen, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, number five, figure out what the hell Lost is about. This item also works for The Prisoner, Twin Peaks, Cloverfield, and the popularity of Oprah. I love that they're already trying to figure out what Cloverfield is at. Why, why not, you know, wait for it to come out? And it might not be as uh, might not be as difficult to figure out as, as you think. Um, number one is live to see the day where smart and witty wins out over hot and shallow every single day of the week. Uh, the contributors to this piece were Leonard Pierce, Megan Williams, Annie Scott, uh, Kevin Church. I don't know if that's Annie Scott or Annie and Scott. Uh, Kevin Church, One Pink Shoe, and Ms. C. And as I say, that's available at theparkbencher.blogspot.com. It's a fun list. Um, I, I just read you some highlights there, but there's there's a whole lot more, and it's it's a ton of fun. So do check it out. Um, of course, it is the um, end of the year, so everyone's making their uh, their top ten lists. Um, you know, Time Magazine put out their list today. You know, top ten movies uh, from Richard Schickel and Richard Corliss. Top ten DVDs, top ten new TV series, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's going to be in the year-end F- uh, edition of uh, of Time Magazine. They also did top ten graphic novels, including All-Star Superman, uh, The Black Dossier, and um, which I just got last week. And I, 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 I kind of cracked it open and started on it, but then I decided I'm going to go back and read the first two volumes of League of, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and uh and and approach this the right way because it is uh it it looks to be a daunting read i mean and the first two editions were as well i mean you know the first one was pretty easy to get through but the second one there was it's one of those things where it's a tough read but it's a rewarding read 
and uh, so I think it's one of my one of my favorites that came out this year. Um, although my very favorite was Jeff Lemire's uh, second volume in Tales of Essex County, which was Ghost Stories. Um, if you uh, if you haven't checked this uh, this series out, it was Volume Two. Volume One uh, came out, and that's Life on the Farm, and uh, really worth checking out. Uh, definitely got to read this thing, um, especially if you grew up in small town Ontario. It, it, it'll mean just a little bit more for you. Over on uh, the network side, they're uh, they're looking to hey they're they're running out of shows right. So what they're doing is they're looking to repurpose some cable content. So for example, NBC is looking to uh, to its uh, uh, cable sibling uh, USA Network to fill out some of the mid season schedule. So what they're looking at is repurposing episodes of popular shows on the USA Network like Monk and Psych, and they're going to roll those out on on Sunday nights beginning in March. Uh, both series are going to be coming out with new episodes in January. But basically, what they're saying is, hey, we can we can showcase these in a in a bigger format. Um, you know, basically, uh, this the, now everyone can see it and. So See if they're going to re- enjoy these things, and also it helps to uh, to patch up the the hole that's been brought on by the uh, by the writers' uh, strike. Um, over on uh, CBS, they're looking at bringing, and this is only a possibility. But they're looking at bringing Dexter and Weeds onto network TV. Now, if anyone's seen these shows, you're thinking, that's not going to work on uh, on network. And um, I, I can't imagine Dexter with basically, you know, kind of the main points kind of taken out. And same with weeds. I mean, it, it, it's going to be really interesting, sort of, to see how they're able to edit this. What it, what it reminds me of is, um, you know, a lot of people are sort of against this, but it reminds me of when uh, Sex and the City went to TBS, for example. Um, you know, although that's still cable, so it doesn't quite count. But, but I don't know. These shows are going to be really watered down. And, uh, and, and part of what it reminds me of is when they started doing uh, the, a sitcom version of Ally McBeal. And what they did is they just sort of edited the episodes down to a half-hour sitcom, and it failed miserably. I think it it only aired a few times and um, was, was even more horrible than the parent show. So what can you do? Uh, in other writer strike news, um, the Writers Guild announced on Monday that they have denied the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's waiver request, which would uh, allow uh, union writers to prepare material for the annual Golden Globe Awards. And uh, they're saying, no, we're not doing it. Um, and uh, I remember someone saying this when, the, when they first went on strike, and usually it's, you know, Bruce Valanche writes this stuff. And, um, and, and I mean, the, the, the banter that they... That, people make I, I don't know if it's going to be any worse if people just ad lib up there you know i, I don't think it could be because the stuff that man usually and and, and i'm picking on bruce valanche because he's the one who's sort of known as a writer of uh, award shows and and that's not necessarily the case but i'm going to pick on him anyway um I, I mean the writing on these things is horrible i mean you, you see the things you can see usually the uh, on the on the person's face that they can't believe they're actually spouting this stuff so i think we're better off to just let them uh let them ad lib and go with that um so that's uh that's with the golden globes um and and you gotta wonder it's uh uh for example with the academy awards um john stewart's supposed to be hosting this and uh and technically he would he would be prohibited from penning his own material beforehand. That said, if anyone can get up there and, and ad lib a, a, a show, it, it would be I think it would be John Stewart. So uh, they're also looking at uh, revamping the People's Choice Awards, which are supposed to take place on January eighth, and uh, they're not exactly sure how they're going to revise it. But what they're uh, what they're saying is they don't know what kind of role will be played by Queen Latifah, who is originally going to be the host, and they can't comment on whether the changes under consideration are actually related to the strike. 
I think they are. I mean, you know, what else is it going to be? Um, anyway, what they've said is, uh, you know, the Writers Guild is staying hard on this. We are not allowing members to write for the Oscars or the Golden Globes or any of these award shows, and um, as it should be. Um, speaking of awards, uh, the SAG Awards uh, nominations came out. Um, uh, so basically, this is the 14th annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. You've got the uh, up, up for Best Actor, George Clooney for Michael Clayton, Daniel Day-Lewis for There Will Be Blood, Ryan Gosling for Lars and the Real Girl, Emil Hirsch for Into the Wild, Viggo Mortensen, and Viggo Mortensen... Uh, Ego Mortensen for Eastern Promises. Uh, for Best Actress, Kate Blanchett for Elizabeth the Golden Age, Julie Christie for Away From Her, Marion Cotillard for La Vie en Rose, uh, Angelina Jolie for A Mighty Heart, and Ellen Page for Juno. See Juno. If you haven't seen Juno, you need to see Juno. It's great. I'm just saying. I got a little, I got a, like a little sort of instant review Tourette's or something. Uh, up for supporting actor, Casey Affleck for the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Uh, Javier Bardem for No Country for Old Men. Hal Holbrook for Into the Wild. Tommy Lee Jones for No Country for Old Men. And Tom Wilson for Michael Clayton. Um, supporting actress, Kate Blanchett for I'm Not There. Ruby D for American Gangster. Catherine Keener for Into the Wild. Amy Ryan for Gone Baby Gone. And Tilda Swinton for Michael Clayton. Uh, for ensemble cast, uh, they nominated the cast of 310 to Yuma, American Gangster, Hairspray, Into the Wild, and No Country for Old Men. For stunt ensemble, it's uh, the movies are 300, The Bourne Ultimatum, I Am Legend, The Kingdom, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. At any rate, I would be remiss if I didn't start saying that uh, you know we are at the end of the year. Um, and I'm going to have my uh, top five best and worst in, um, in, in in various categories coming up next week, uh, just before New Year's. And uh, so, so there'll be another episode coming out, uh, certainly before New Year's, over the holidays, maybe even a couple. It all depends on sort of what uh, what comes up. Uh, but I'll definitely be doing, uh, you know, five, the five best, five worst in uh, in the television category, movies, and, um, and also comic books. So uh, we'll see if if I can put pull something together for music. I just didn't find that there was. I don't know if I can get the five best in uh, in in music this year. I don't. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I've been I've been tracking that kind of thing uh, long before I had this podcast. I was I was you know I would track sort of my my top ten de- CDs released in a year, and uh, it's getting tougher and tougher to do. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out, but it's just uh, sometimes it's just harder to get to the really really good stuff. Anyway, uh, it looks like that is all the time we've got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. If you get a chance and want to send me your five uh, five favorites or, or five least favorites of the year in any of those categories or in any pop culture category, please do. Again, poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can come on over and post it on the comicforums.com and just scroll about halfway down. You'll see the Poptopia forum. Have a great week and a great holiday.